Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for joining me on another episode of Best and Worst Track of the Week. Uh, today, it's going to be a Best and Worst Track of the Week covering uh, the week of September 19th. If you are new to Best and Worst Track of the Week, thanks for joining me today. Uh, you're listening to a segment of the Music Reviewer Podcast. If you're new to the Music Reviewer Podcast, all it is is I'm a guy. My name's Josh. I review music. Um, I'm, you can listen to the Music Reviewer Podcast on all major streaming platforms that host podcasts for the most part. Spotify, TuneIn. Uh, I'm on YouTube as well. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts any like cast thingy um but yeah best and worst track of the week is a show where i uh, take all the new episodes or i'm sorry not episodes i take all the new tracks uh coming into this week's billboard hot 100 rating one each with the letter grade and then taking one that's best uh taking one that's the best and then taking one that's the worst that's all it is and before we get started, uh, I just want to let everyone know that the latest album uh, I reviewed here was uh, Kelly Lee Owens' Inner Song. Uh, I thought that was a great album. Uh, if you have not listened to that album, I would highly recommend it. If you're interested in the review, go ahead and check that out as well. And also, sorry for the uh, sl- slight lapse in, uh, I guess, content. Um, I did have a slight mishap happen to me where, you know, sometimes life happens. And uh, this week it was uh, my laptop decided to uh, fry itself uh, quite uh, sporadically. Uh, But nonetheless, um, hopefully that issue is resolved soon. Um, It's not the most simplest thing to do um, to produce a podcast on uh, mobile devices, but it's it's manageable. Um, but nonetheless, uh, let's go ahead and get started for this week's best and worst track of the week. So overall this week on, uh, the Billboard Hot 100, there was not, uh, a lot of, uh, occurrences on here that I was expecting. Uh, this could have been potentially an album bomb, um, by Big Sean's Detroit 2 and then the Takashi 6ix9ine album that actually surprisingly didn't have any tracks make the billboard hot 100 i think one slightly was outside of coming in but still um i know i guess a lot of people right now are saying maybe the takashi 69 meme that was uh terrorizing i guess pop music for i don't know how many years now um is finally losing traction but um i never really uh, paid much attention to it. Um, I, uh, I've kind of just learned to deal with that. There's always going to be an artist, uh, up and coming or controversial, whatever that has attention for the wrong reasons. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, no album bombs. And I'm kind of slightly relieved because, uh, I was semi, uh, preparing to, uh, cover Big Sean's Detroit too. Um, which I don't think I'll give a full album review, but if there, it was an, a full-on album bomb, I probably was going to cover it to avoid a long episode. But nonetheless, um, we did get five tracks from Big Sean this week. Uh, overall, other occurrences I thought that were interesting were that, were that WAP is back at number one, which isn't too surprising. Everyone was expecting that. BTS surprisingly held on at number two with Dynamite and uh, didn't get stomped down too much further. I, I figured they would at least get pushed down by Drake's Cry Now Laugh Later, but that did not happen. Um, 
And then other small things I noticed that were interesting. Um, St. John's Roses remix is finally dropping down. I think this is the con second consecutive week it's out of the top 10. It's at 13 right now. I think it's finally lost its traction. I think the summer jams are kind of dying down. Uh, Mood Swings by Pop Smoke and Lil TJ seems to be finally losing steam as well. That's going down to 21 this week. Um, that was snipping the that was sniffing the top ten I think at one point, but nah, I don't think it's gonna happen. And then Heather by Conan Gray, one of our worst tracks of the week, for, I think a couple weeks ago, um, went up to forty six this week after I think another gain last week. So uh, if Heather's gonna be a hit, let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> um, I, I don't really see the appeal of the song. Still, I might have been a little bit too overcritical on it, but. Um, yeah, if if it's going to keep on going up, just let's get out of the way. Let's not have it linger. And speaking of lingering, AJR's bang is still going up to 51 this week after a slight increase last week. It still hasn't really broke to like the top half, but at this point, I still don't understand what's giving this traction. Um, and especially a band like AJR, they're not a typical top 40 band, so uh, their cult following really must be pushing this hard. Um, and then we have a, another track, One Beer by Hardy, uh, still sticking around. Uh, this was our first worst track of the week when I started this a couple months ago. Uh, it's going up to 57. I think that was possibly due to Hardy's album release uh, that happened this could be from an album release traction type thing. Nonetheless, uh, I don't really see it sticking around too much, uh, it, even if it's making its round on, on country radio. Chloe and Halley re-entered with Do It at 63 this week, too. I thought that was pretty interesting, especially since it re-entered so highly. It's not like it re-entered like in the 90s or even the 60s, I mean, or even the 70s. Um, I can't really understand that. I thought that was quite interesting as well. But let's go ahead and start on the tracks. Um, the first one was off the Big Sean album, Why Would I Stop? This came in at 97. I thought this was a decent track. I think this was the opening track of the album, too. The instrumental kind of reminds me of, like, Jack Harlow. Uh, Jack Harlow song, What's Poppin' in the instrumental, especially with all the electronic elements. Uh, there's, like, some spooky organ and keyboard textures thrown in that aren't too bad. Uh, Sean's writing here at times sounds a little like K-Dot inspired, especially when there's, like, this higher register play that's going on. Overall, the track is pretty good. I liked it, but it's all short-lived, so I give it a B. The next track is as well off of Big Sean's album. It's titled Body Language, featuring Ty Dolla Sign and Janae Aiko. This came in at 95. Um, not a bad track either. Definitely has The track definitely has some colorful, percussive elements, and it's a night nice, to hear that it's a nice change of pace especially from a lot of r&b and trap uh using the same style percussion tropes uh and it, i guess it was refreshing uh the track does flow well overall uh, i like the backing vocal sample part that's kind of thrown in and out of the track janae Iko fits quite well as well um the kick drum on like the percussive elements hits uh, the hits on that aren't too invasive either. It's not like overblown to like a obnoxious level like a lot of R&B tends to create at times. Um, uh, 
especially when it tries to go for like a trancey vibe too. This track has a bit of that. Uh, I gave it a B plus. The next track was a country song. This is one of two country songs that came in this week. Uh, Love You Like I Used To was the name of the track by Russell Dickerson at 91. Um, overall, this track um, wasn't too much better than the other one. But what stood out to this one is I like the rich acoustic guitar track accompaniment in the beginning. It's played slightly to decently uh, well, especially it has like a, like a flavor of sensitivity to it, which, you know, for contemporary country, that sometimes isn't a given. Um, the vocal performance here is much more, I guess, distinct than the other artists that was on here that was another male country artist. Russell Dickerson, by the way, is um, a country artist that has kind of been up and coming since like maybe like 2017, late 16-ish. He's had some pretty successful tracks that I thought were decent and I kind of enjoyed um, over the years that he's been around, like Blue Tacoma, um, Yours. Um, those two in general, I think were the big ones that I heard on country radio rotation that I thought were okay. Um, uh, he's not the most, I guess, uh, exciting artist, but, uh, this track kind of suffers from that. The, even though I think his vocal performance is somewhat distinct, uh, he, his track, this track overall is a little one dimensional. It sounds a lot like his last hits. On country radio maybe like off-brand Sam Hunt if you will uh, the instrument instrumentation here overall I thought was decent there's a lot of string instrumentation and it speaks quite well in the production I'd say if you're gonna have that in a song at least make it audible um, and then there's a nice outro with rich textures um, with some light fluffy backing vocals uh, that part of the track I thought was nice I gave this track a B minus the next track was off the Big Sean album as well. I think this was probably the best one that I enjoyed that was in this batch of songs um, that hit the Hot 100. Deep Reverence featuring Nipsey Hussle, which I thought that was pretty cool. Usually I've been kind of critical of uh, rappers putting the late rappers such as Juice World um, in their tracks. I think a lot of it's sometimes a cheap move for capital gain or... Uh, relevance but this track was really authentic the this almost got best track of the week the the instrumental here is monster it's 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 big um there's an authentic nature to it like i just said i don't know why i repeated that uh, it doesn't try to be overly glossy and soft big sean's verse is quite good as well he had he flaunts his technical chops he does it with a good flow and delivery nipsey Hunsoul blends it quite well he's only on the intro part of the track and then Big Sean kind of goes meta and acknowledges the death, uh, his death. Um, and it surprisingly doesn't sound weird having these two artists on here. Big Sean kind of fills in these hard knock kind of tracks well uh, that I didn't know he was capable of. So uh, the beat on here is quite good too. Uh, it remains quite interesting throughout the track. There's some prominence and textures thrown in as well. And I, I gave it a B plus. And then the next one is another Big Sean track, Lithuania featured Travis Scott, 69. Uh, it came in at 69. 
Overall, that was mixed on here. The hook is pretty weak. I thought that was the downfall of this song. There's some decent ad-libs thrown in and out too, like you would expect on a Travis Scott feature. I appreciate the flavor that Travis Scott brings in overall to the track. Um, there's like an ambience that is created, um, but I'm not a fan of that marching style type beat that is used on the track. I thought overall it's just, it suffered from some tackiness, which the hook was another issue. Like I just said too, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was okay. I gave it a B. Wolves by Post uh, by Big Sean featuring Post Malone came in at 65. If I had to guess, this is probably one of the weakest tracks on this album. Uh, it's a very corny track. It's very it's very over dramatic in its aesthetic. There's some dog barking sound clips in the beginning that are just tacky. Uh, Big Sean's performance does develop throughout the track, and he does get better. He does kind of go off on like some faster flows and word plays. Um, but then it kind of just gets dumbed down with like this hook that was saying, I was raised by the wolves, blah, 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 blah. Um, Post Malone sounds like he's covering Landon Cube, which shouldn't be the case because Landon Cube stole his style, stole his style. Uh, but yeah, it sounds that level of amateurness, even, even though I'd say Landon Cube is, uh, proficient. He's a, he's a decent singer too, but Post Malone should be able to perform circles around Landon Q, but it doesn't sound like that on here. It seemed, kind of feels like Post Malone dialed it in, honestly. I gave this a C-. The next was uh, our weekly reggaeton track. I feel like that's been a common occurrence uh, titled uh, Relacion Relacion? Sorry, I butchered that. Relacion. Uh, by Sech, Daddy Yankee, J Balvin, Rosalia, and Faruko. I had to look up who Sech was and Faruko. These are the two reggaeton artists that I wasn't familiar with. Rosalia isn't really a reggaeton artist. She's kind of more of like a Spanish artist that is quite tech, uh, quite talented on her uh, vocal uh, side, of, on the vocal side of things. She uh, is actually a flamenco singer, and her one of her past albums was like the traditional flamenco Spanish style, and she's kind of just trying to break into the pop side because I guess she's marketable, but she's the only positive thing on this track uh, for the most part. Uh, her performance is at least convincing. Everything else is kind of just generic and what you'd expect. I think on here, Sec is the original performer because this is a remix and this is another thing the remixes for reggaeton are just constantly coming in every week because i think the remixes gain more traction and streams so i don't know if reggaeton is kind of dying in the in a sense because it seems like they have to put out these remixes to push it out i think that was the biggest issue with la hipeta um, which this track is way better than that track, honestly. Faruku, he's like on the latter part of the track. He's at least memorable. Um, the production on here is honestly probably the worst part. It just sounds like preset reggaeton sounds and just copy and paste. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's not very original. Um, I give this track a C. And then we're here at the highest debuting track of the week before we get to the best and worst. Uh, Hit Different featuring Ty Dolla Sign and SZA came in at 29. 
this definitely plays into the traditional SZA aesthetics. Um, there's a rich gospel-like harmonized vocal passages that happen. It's nice. Uh, I like the embellishments put on SZA, uh, SZA's vocals on the end of her melodic lines. So it gives the track a nice color. Um, it has a very down-tempo and laxed feel, as a lot of her music does. Uh, it attempts to give SZA a lot of glory on this track. I think she's trying to flaunt with like these falsetto jumps thrown in and out of the second verse. And I think Ty Dolla's sign, like on most tracks he's on, he's quite minimal. Uh, this track is really just carried by SZA. So I give it a B. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, we're on to the worst track of the week. And if I didn't hint at it earlier, it's um, a the other country track uh, titled Everywhere But On by Matt Stell. I really had to kind of look into who Matt Stell is. He's kind of like the the cliche story of like a Nashville independent artist that's released several albums already kind of getting his big break. And that's what this is. He's had another breakout hit. So he's, this is kind of starting to look positive for him. Uh, the other track was called, I think I prayed for you. Um, uh, I, I've, I have listened to that song before I've heard it on the radio. Um, Occasionally, I I don't want to give the wrong impression that I only listen to country radio, but occasionally when I'm in my car and I don't feel like listening to anything, I'm just like not in the mood of, to think about what I want to put on. I'll put on the country radio stations every now and then to see what's on there. Um, but anyways, Everywhere But On is Matt Stell's uh, latest breakout hit uh, on his EP that was released in 2019. Uh, this honestly... In theory, it should not have gotten worst track of the week, because if I'm being honest, Wolves by Big Sean and Post Malone was probably worse. The only thing is here, uh, the thing that's really bothering me on here is the production does not serve the track well at all, because overall this is an okay song, even though the songwriting is quite derivative. Uh, to most contemporary country music, I'd say it could sound a little bit dated as well, especially with like the late 2000s to early 2010s, I guess, aesthetics. Um, if you are listening to country around that time, you might know what I mean. Uh, but overall, the, the guitar tones on here are just terribly mixed and they're just... They're not well thought out. I think the lead guitar tones on here quite sound quite soft and wimpy when you can hear them. And then the, the mixing in general is just bad. There's like another guitar tone thrown in in there that just sounds crackled and hollow, especially in the chorus. Uh, and then every facet of this song just kind of sounds a little copy and paste. Um, the songwriting, uh, the performances... The lyrics with all these metaphors, which well, pretty much every country song does, but this kind of just takes it to the max. And then also the non-distinct nature of Matt Stell's voice. Uh, if I had to pick him out of a lineup, I would really struggle. And I've said this before, when you're a country artist, especially a male, your vocal tone should sound distinguishable because when someone's putting your song on, they want to at least be able to pick you out of like the next artist that played before you or after you. Um, because if not, you're just kind of, you're kind of going to get overshadowed by the whole entire saturation of country music. And I feel like this track kind of falls victim to that. So that was the worst track of the week. Really isn't that bad of a song. I just had some 
some some overblown criticism. This is just my opinion too. Don't take it too seriously. Um, best track of the week was honestly a really cool song. Uh, this was titled "The Voice" by Little Dirk that came in at sixty two. This track in general is just kind of it plays out to like the a lot of what I think is missing of R and B and trap. Um, not to say that this is like God's gift to Earth, but the track has like this really smooth R and B intro with like this electric guitar, piano, and bass. The bass all throughout the track is just colorful. It's audible. It's exciting. It's melodic. Um, Dirk, it, he isn't like his delivery and his rap isn't the best part of the track. I think the instrumental and the progression is. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I think the instrumental and the production is, but uh, the effect on Dirk's voice and throughout the chorus is uh, there's like a, this an effect there that gives the track a lot of character. I thought it was exciting. And overall, the composition is really nice and it was arranged quite well, especially with the performances on there with the uh, the band or studio musicians or whatever the hell was on there. Um, but yeah, this was the best track of the week. Uh, just a solid R&B trap song. Uh, but yeah, if you made it this far into the episode, thanks for sticking around. My name is Josh. Uh, again, sorry for the uh, delay in uh, content. I usually have at least another review out by this time of the week. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to Best and Worst Track of the Week. I'll see you guys later. Take care of yourselves.